Welcome. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Living with author and teacher Francois Feinberg. May the message you're about to hear earnestly touch your heart and may it encourage you in your ongoing love of God the Father, your enjoyment of the Lord Jesus Christ, and your fellowship in both the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. July the 28th, 1993, I had a radical encounter with the living God because I met Jesus Christ our Lord and I was filled with His Spirit. I had a new birth experience and I became a new creation and a part of the kingdom of the heavens. And no sooner did I come into the life of the Lord when an ache rose up within me. I guess you can call it a desire, even a craving, if you will, an attraction, an inexplicable, undefinable magnetism towards the Lord. I wanted to know this Lord who is now resident within me by His Spirit. And so began my lifelong pursuit of walking with this Lord seeking him out, um, craving, aching to have communion with him, to be intimate with him, to fellowship with him, to pray. It wasn't but days after my new birth in the Lord when I sought out a friend at the high school I attended. And the two of us, without understanding God fully, I had personally no knowledge of the Bible. I had no knowledge of Christian teaching. I had been to Sunday school a time or two, but it really meant nothing to me up until that point. I had no understanding of the spiritual life whatsoever. But my friend and I had this experience of God drawing us to fellowship with Him, to prayer. And so we would get up several times a week real early at the crack of dawn, and we would meet on the bleachers of a high school, uh, cold, concrete bleachers around an athletic track. And there, without understanding how to pray, how to commune with God, we would just kneel in shorts because we wore uniforms in South Africa at the time. And in that cold winter, uh, uh, dark mornings, I just remember we would be kneeling on concrete and... I cannot remember how we prayed, but we would just present ourselves before this Lord that saved us. And that friend and I had the sweetest communion and fellowship and prayer times in the bleak, dark hours uh, before we would go to school at seven in the morning. By the way, that friend, if you're listening to this podcast, you know exactly who you are, Stefan Smith. Yep. You played, my dear brother, such a pivotal role encouraging me to continually seek after the Lord and to unscripted, unformulaic, non-liturgically just pour out my heart before the Lord. And uh, thank you, Stefan. I still do that to this very, very day. And I have the, the sweetest and fondest memories of our time together. 
When we knelt before the Lord there on that cold concrete pavilion, we had no understanding of all of the many ways one can pray. The way Paul would say in Ephesians 6, for instance, to pray with all kinds of prayer. All that we knew at the time is that we had an ache for God. We had to spend time with the Lord. And there was no checklist. There was no thou shalt, thou hast to. It was our heart drawing us towards the Lord. And that's where my prayer life with God really developed. And I want to talk to you a little bit about your prayer life. If you say that Jesus Christ is your Lord, and that he lives within you by his spirit, then do you experience that ache, that magnetism towards this very Lord who lives within you? An ancient mystic whose writings I really enjoy is Madame Jean Guyon. She lived in 17th century Paris, France, and she wrote extensively on the mystical union between the Lord and his sons and daughters. And she called this ache, this drawing, this magnetism that I experienced, at that time she called it a return to the center. She did not quite understand the science of gravity the way Newton would lay it out in later years, but she knew that an apple, when it is dropped, it returns to the earth. There is a magnetism. There is a gravitational pull. Why? Because the earth has substance, and it's pulling that apple back towards its center. And Madame Guyon explained in books like Union with God or Experiencing the Depths of Jesus Christ, she said that God within us is substantial. After all, he is weighty and glorious within our being. And our spirit, our soul, our being, if we're born of him, will find just a drawing, a magnetism back towards the epicenter of our being, which is God. Surely, if you walk with God, surely if you're born of God, you've experienced that kind of a drawing. So I want to talk to you a little bit about how do we pray. How do we enter into communion and fellowship with our Lord? And I want to bring to your attention three things that are mystical, yet nevertheless crucial. And they precipitate a prayer life in God. But first, let me take a quick rabbit trail and set this up for you. At Legacy School of Discipleship, which is a ministry that invites young people to come and learn the nuts and bolts of just a life in God, I present nine experiences that is possible in the Christian's life. At least nine experiences that you should have a part of your everyday life in the Lord if you're indeed born of God. And prayer... Communion with God, loving God, talking to God, fellowshipping with God is the fourth of the nine experiences. But there are three that is an on-ramp to the intimacy, the loving, prayerful, worshipful um, interaction that is, in, in, in my model, number four in the, in the list of experiences with God. And I want to bring to your attention those three things where many folk 
would teach on prayer, they would start with all the techniques of prayer. A prayer early in the morning, in the middle of the day, prayer at night, prayer in tongues, praying for Jerusalem, praying for the nations, intercessory prayer, petitioning prayer, confessional prayer. And they're all good. They're all beautiful. Uh, they're all scriptural. But I want to visit with you just from a different perspective a little bit. Because so many of us that do these methods of prayers, it's as though we get into a rut and our prayer life confessedly falls flat. And it's because we overlook the three hidden mystical things that have to preclude whatever style of prayer we engage in. And instead of just teaching you how to prayer walk or to shout or how to worship or how to sing or how to... Um, in a way, authoritatively speak against uh, Satan and his cohorts, I want to get a little bit more mystical with you and just talk about, as it were, three heart things that has to come together. And I've already alluded to number one. And it's the component, the dynamic, the principle, I guess you can call it the experience of grace has to be number one. Number two, the experience, the principle, the dynamic, I don't know what you can call it really in the English language, of life has to be component number two for you to have a vibrant ongoing prayer life. And component, aspect, dynamic, principle, if you will, experience number three is reality. And so there you have it, three items that is an on-ramp to uh, a meaningful, vibrant, engaging prayer life with God. first mystical aspect of a vibrant walk with God, a vibrant interactive prayer life with God, has to be the dynamic of grace. We often treat grace just as something needed for salvation. And then after salvation, we will slug this out or we will perfect ourselves within the flesh. But I want to tell you, even your very fellowship with God, your very prayer life, your intimate communion with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is predicated on grace. If you make a checklist and it's an obligation and it's a duty and it's a chore and it is a, a kind of a formula and you have to work at it, um, surely then you have come to experience your prayer life falls flat. It just collapses when it's up to you to engage God. It works a little bit different in the normal Christian life or the normal spiritual life. God is the one that will draw you. He may draw you early in the morning. He may even go so far as to draw you at nine in the morning, even at 10 in the morning, maybe at noontime maybe in the afternoon, maybe in the evening, maybe at midnight. He may draw you for a minute. He may draw you for an hour. But God 
is the initiator of all interaction with us, all engagement with us, all intimacy with us. It's not up to you to set a time for prayer. It's not up to you to, to have a goal in prayer. What is up to you is to discern the drawing of the Lord. I alluded to this uh, at the opening when I had met the Lord. I just felt this drawing to, to spend time in the mornings at a, a school pavilion with the Lord. Nobody told my friend Stephen and I to do that. It was never a checklist. If we couldn't make it one morning, we just didn't make it. And we never felt guilty or condemned or lesser uh, of, of, a, of a spiritual person than the days and weeks we were able to succeed. Your spiritual life will have vitality, momentum, vibrancy, enjoyment, insofar you are in grace. And again, grace is God in you. Grace, God wooing you. Grace, God calling you. God anointing you. God supplying you with the energy to wake up, to stay up. And beloved, it is so unscripted. The man who walks with God genuinely lives by grace from morning to evening and anything and everything in between. So if you are a person of a checklist and um, it's a goal and it's an obligation and you feel slightly guilty that you're not talking to God or engaging God, then I just want to say, can you just give God a chance to create the magnetism within you? Have you ever fallen in love with someone and made a checklist? I got to call Susie or, or I got to call Billy and then I have to say hello and then I have to ask how was his day and, and then I've got to give thanks and then I've got to praise and then I've got to do this and then I've got to do that. You know, when we fall in love, is it not true that we just, our heart takes over and our heart, um, for better or for worse, sometimes with people, just causes us to abandon all structure, as it were, and all formulas. And we just, we just attach, we just engage and we do it in faith. We do it boldly, bravely. And it's just, it's organic. It's spontaneous. If it works that way in human relationships falling in love with one another, can it not work that way with the lover of our souls? Can we not just let the Holy Spirit wake us up and put it on our hearts to spend time with God or to turn down the radio in the car and just visit with our Lord, love Him, boast in Him, brag, praise, be quiet. Beloved, if you're open to this, take this on as an assignment. Tear up that list and listen to your heart and watch how your prayer life will instantly be anointed, fresh, with vigor, and just absolute intimacy with the Lord that you should desperately crave if indeed you're born of the Spirit of God. A second experience, if you will, that's an on-ramp to a vibrant prayer life or a life of communion and fellowship with God is the spiritual dynamic, a rather mystical dynamic of life. See, Jesus Christ died for us so that we should no longer live for ourselves. He died so that he could live within us and we can now live for him and with him as a way of life. 
ever since the fourth century when Constantine, in a way, industrialized uh, Christianity and formalized Christianity, and it became a set day with a set liturgy, etc., etc., uh, we've been doing pretty much the same thing for the past 1,700-odd years, whether you're Russian Orthodox, Greek Orthodox, or Armenian, or Coptic, or whether you're Catholic, or Byzantine, or Protestant, or Evangelical, we all basically, sorry to say, live a kind of a formulaic, industrial, kind of a uh, liturgical life with God. We value certain days. We value certain seasons, maybe an hour in the morning. Like we, we have compartmentalized this wonderful thing that God gave us in Christ Jesus, which is a new way of living. I teach this in depth here at Legacy School of Discipleship. Jesus did not die so you could visit with him 15 minutes. Jesus didn't die so that you could just visit at a conference here or a school there or a mountaintop over there or a strategic location in Jerusalem here. Jesus died so that you can live and move and have your being in him. And if you are not training by the grace of the Holy Spirit to live and move in God, whether you go to work or whether you're at home or whether you're just uh, resting to, to be in the Lord and in the Spirit of the Lord, then I tell you, your prayer life is going to collapse because you're going to check in certain mornings and you're going to high-five God, and some mornings you're going to be tired, you're not going to be able to get up, and you're going to feel so guilty that you, you missed that appointment with God, and then you condemn yourself, and then you try harder, when all along, God is not so troubled that you didn't get up. He didn't die for you to get up or stay up or go here or go there. He died to give you a life in Him. Now, there are seasons when God's going to cause you to get up. Again, grace will mandate you get up or stay up or come here or go there. But what I'm getting at is live your life in God. And grace will create a life in the Lord for you. You're driving in the car and the Spirit woos you to, to call on the Lord. You just turn the radio off. I mean, you didn't script that hour. You didn't script to be silent before God. It just, it was spontaneous, organic of the anointing of the Spirit of God. And it, it's just right there, almost, if you will, spiritual impulsiveness. And you'll see that when you live in God and just pray by the life of God within you, your fellowship with God will greatly intensify and arrive at that intimacy that you so desperately crave. Uh, pay attention to the grace of God. Pay attention to just a life in God. Perhaps when you get up out of bed in the morning, I would encourage you just to say, Lord, here is my spirit, my soul, and my body. I belong to you, and I am here for intimacy with you, whether we work today or rest today or drive today or we're on vacation or, Lord, I am in you. You are in me. Let's commune. Let's pray. Let's fellowship. Beloved, try that. And um, I can guarantee you, your spiritual life is going to experience a, a beautiful revival.
And lastly, an on-ramp that is a kind of an experience, a dynamic, a principle maybe that you should have to engage God is the dynamic of an inward reality. I speak extensively at the trainings here at Legacy regarding this issue, but I need to simplify it for you here um, in the interest of time. There needs to be a conviction within you that God is real. Um, if you've not had an encounter with God, then certainly you're not going to want to draw near to that, which uh, is not a part of your being. You've got better things to do, like watching TV maybe, or you know, going out and sinning and sin some more. But if you're born of God, then God becomes real to us. Even the book of Romans chapter 8 teaches that the Spirit can witness within our spirit that we are the sons and daughters of God. There's a, there's a tangible inward conviction. And when you have that inward conviction, that confidence, that certainty, then your prayer life should really take on dynamism. Why? Because you know that you know that you know that you know that this is real to you. You've got that confidence, right? That God hears you, that your fellowship is not in vain. You're crying out to God, you're singing, you're connecting, you're talking to the Lord. It's an actual interaction. It's not just a checklist, a formula, a liturgical prayer, if you will. It's a confident assurance that God is within you. He hears you. He knows you. And so from that confidence, you can then be bold before the Lord. You can be absolutely vulnerable before the Lord. There's a confidence within you that you're forgiven. There's a reality within you that God has justified you. There's a conviction within you that, that you are cleansed and at peace with God. And he's not angry or mad or reluctant. It's just you know God hears you. You're in grace. It's a way of life. And it's a confidence that you don't have to explain yourself to God. You don't have to remind God of his promises. You just... Talk to him because he is real within you. And of those three dynamics, those three experiences are within you, then nobody has to prompt you to pray. No checklist needs to be made to pray. Again, think of falling in love with a beautiful uh, young woman or a young man, for instance. Um, there is grace that draws you to that person. It's a magnetism, if you will. Uh, you, you, you imagine living with this person and they're on your mind and they're in your thoughts and in your emotion. They consume you. It's, it's, it becomes a part of your life. And then there's such a confidence within you that that person likes you in return, that that person enjoys time with you, which gives you confidence to approach them again, which gives them confidence to approach you. And there's conviction that I like this person. I want to know this person. And you just enjoy, therefore, spending time together. You don't have to make a checklist. Oh, I got to go meet Susie. I got to go meet Billy. It's just your heart uh, shoves everything aside. And we call that spontaneous, organic deliverance. 
instead of praying for you to be delivered, as it were, from A, B, and C, the better thing is to fall in love with God through grace, through life, and through reality. And you'll just want to draw near to God. I don't have to tell you to get up. I don't have to tell you to go to a retreat or a conference or a church gathering or uh, spend time with God. There is no checklists in, 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 in love. Love is, is the law of life in Christ Jesus. And then all of a sudden, the spiritual life just has freedom and enjoyment. And there is just praise upon your lips. Nobody has to coax you to pray, to praise, to worship, to shout. Just you live from your heart. And it's a free, wonderfully free way to live. So there you have it. Before you get bogged down in the weeds with all the examples of prayer in the Bible, I wanted to just bring you along with these three things. Notice that the Lord is gracious within you and he will draw you. Just be sensitive to that. Um, avoid compartmentalized spirituality because Christ died for you to live and move as a way of life in him. So pray in the middle of the day. Talk to the Lord at night. Any thought that comes into your mind that's negative, just talk to the Lord about it. And all the while, you can approach your Lord with confidence because he is real and he really lives within you. And watch how stage number four of the spiritual life or principle number four, or dynamic number four comes together. And it's this issue of communion with God, of which prayer is the principal thing. So beloved, I wish you one amazing prayer life with God. May you and your Lord enjoy each other the way a man and a woman that falls in love enjoy each other. May it not be a schlep and a bother and uh, a duty for you to draw near to your Lord. And um, I wish you the most enjoyable, rich, and satisfying spiritual life. Because let's face it, that's what Jesus Christ paid for at the cross.